Hey guys, so in this episode of Critically Thinking About Shits, I am going to be talking about the debates, everything that happened last night at the debates, or everything that I can remember, but everything that I thought about the debate last night, from Pete Buttigieg's amazing performance, to Joe Biden having a pretty good night, to Elizabeth Warren being extra phony, to Amy Klobuchar really having a strong night, but spending most of it attacking Pete, which I thought was a kind of a terrible look. Um, yeah, I'm gonna talk about my thoughts on the debate and where I think it's going from here. So I hope you enjoy it and leave me your thoughts. Okay, bye. Hi. It's been a minute. But anyway, I just want to jump right in because I really want to talk about last night's Democratic primary debate. It was the last one for the year 2019, and there were only seven people on the stage. And so that means that meant that like everyone got more chances to talk, which I thought was really great. Um, so the only people qualified for the debates last night where Joe Biden, Pete Buttigieg, Bernie Sanders, um, Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, Tom Steyer, and Andrew Yang, right? And, I mean, leading up to debate, leading up to the debate, there was a lot of drama because um, Cory Booker didn't qualify for the debate, and then he basically went on this whole media tour <laughs> of talking about how it was, I guess, racist that he didn't qualify which I thought was stupid because, I mean, when Julian Castro didn't qualify for the debate before this one, I didn't see anyone screaming, oh, this is a race thing. And then the moment Cory Booker didn't qualify, he was going around talking about how the race isn't diverse enough. And then it just kind of got me thinking because the rules to qualify for the debates were set a long time ago. Unlike if you don't qualify, if you don't have enough supports to qualify for the debates, doesn't that say more about you as a candidate than about anything else? Like, doesn't that say that like voters are not really connecting with you the way you think they are? I mean, because if there's anyone that I was so sad wasn't on the debate stage last night was Kamala Harris. I mean, she did qualify for the debates, but she um, dropped out of the race earlier so like it was kind of it was so sad not to see her on the stage because I love Kamala Harris I think she's just so brilliant and then Tulsi Tulsi Gabbard or whatever it is her name is didn't even qualify for the debates but before the debate she said she was going to quote unquote boycott the debate like who cares like no one literally wants to hear wants to hear from her so you know no one gives a shit if she's there or not Anyway, back to the debate. So you know how, like, in the debate in November, I feel like everyone was kind of expecting Pete Buttigieg to be, like, to have a target on his back, right? Everyone kind of expected that, like, people would attack him from all sides because he was doing well, yada, yada, yada. But none of that really happened. Like, no one really went after him in the debate in November. But I guess... At this debate last night in December, people were feeling really testy <laughs> because he got attacked by 
Amy Klobuchar and Elizabeth Warren and Tom Steyer and even Andrew Yang at some point. <laughs> like, but I'm just gonna go at this like one by one. I mean, Tom Steyer is so I'm sorry, but he's so forgettable. Like, I literally almost never remember that he's even on stage or even in the race. But I guess when you have billions of dollars, you can pretty much buy your way up the polls. <laughs> I mean, first of all, I'm going to start with Elizabeth Warren and Pete Buttigieg. Okay, so she went after him for his private fundraisers, right? And um, first of all, this was kind of like a fight that everyone was sort of expecting and just waiting to see how it was going to play out. And in my opinion, I think Pete came out on top of it because Elizabeth Warren just kind of proved again that she's a hypocrite <laughs> because she went at him for having private fundraisers and talking about how billionaires in wine caves, which is a thing, if you've been on Twitter or political Twitter in the last, I guess, few days, you would know about the wine cave, so I'm not going to go into it. But okay, basically, it's Pete had a fundraiser in Napa Valley in a wine cave, really beautiful place. It's so pretty. I feel like I want a wine cave now. And Someone, I think, from Red Rose Twitter or whatever, posted photos of the place, and it became a whole thing. Like, hashtag wine cave was literally trending on Twitter, because I guess people have nothing better to do. And so, um, Elizabeth Warren was like, billionaires in wine caves shouldn't pick our next president. The people should. And Pete was ready, because he literally went at her about how period tests are not helpful, about how she was literally having private fundraisers for her Senate campaign last year, and then she transferred the money from those big money fundraisers that she suddenly hates into her presidential campaign. And she talked about how she was kept saying, oh, I don't sell my time. I take, I mean, she has a thing for talking about how much she takes selfies, but it's like, if you're a politician, right now in this day and age you're taking a lot of selfies i don't know why she sees it as a point of pride everyone is taking fucking selfies it's like i don't i don't really know what she expects us to do when she's talking about how many selfies she's taking but that's not even point. she's talking about how like she doesn't sell access to her time and pete was like the maximum donation is literally twenty eight hundred dollars like you have received those donations before are you saying that when you were a senator those donations controlled you and like influenced your decisions. And she does this thing where she can dish out this kind of low blow attacks that make no sense. But if you even try to defend against them or you try to call her out of them, she gets so defensive, like almost like she like no one has the right to attack her, which is so stupid. But hey, I guess it's working for people who support her, which I don't understand. But Pete was ready for that fight. Like, he went at her about how purity tests are not helpful, about how she's literally accusing him of doing the exact same things that um, she does. Um, that if she's... He was. He talked about how he's literally, like, the poorest person on that stage. And that if he wasn't... If people were not... If he wasn't allowed... Like, if being around Democratic millionaires disqualified you from being the presidential race then like literally he wouldn't be allowed to even be on the stage because everyone else on the stage apart from him is either a millionaire or Tom Steyer who is a billionaire right and so obviously she didn't need to go after him because 
all her arguments were dumb, but she did anyway, and Pete was ready, so he killed it. And then Amy Klobuchar, <laughs> Amy Klobuchar is really mad at Pete Buttigieg for being successful in this presidential race. <laughs> it's like there is a very special place in her heart where she just gets so mad every time Pete says anything. And like, I feel like last night she couldn't just take it anymore. And it just makes her seem so petty. I mean, usually I'm of the opinion that she has really strong debate performances, right? I don't know why. I really don't know how Elizabeth Warren is doing better than her because every time Elizabeth Warren talks, I'm like, oh my God, make it stop. I feel like if there's any, if there are any women who deserve to be on that stage, it's Kamala Harris and Amy Klobuchar, right? Elizabeth Warren is such a phony. I can't even. <laughs> but Amy Klobuchar, like her thing with Pete, just, it's kind of weird because it's kind of, okay, you get this feeling that like, it's almost like in, her, in the back of her head, she's like, how dare he be on this stage? It's not his time. It's not his turn. It's my turn. I deserve to be here and he doesn't. And it's like, I'm sorry, but the last time I checked, there isn't like a, um, there isn't any law that says you have to be a governor or a senator or a congressperson or whatever before you become president. If we're going to talk about literally the only job that in some ways can prepare you for president is vice president, right? Because you're literally next in line. And so if we're going to go by um, experience may be needed for the job. Based on that, only Joe Biden is, I guess, qualified to be on that stage. Everyone else is taking a giant leap. Everyone else is taking a giant leap. And I feel like because Pete is like, he's so smart, right? He's incredibly intelligent. He's incredibly charismatic. He has really great ideas that are incredibly progressive, but he comes at it in a way that's pragmatic, that even if you don't agree with him politically, you still see his points and you understand where he's coming from. And I think that that's what separates him from um, Bernie and Warren and all the other people. Like, that's something that I feel like him and Joe Biden have in common, except Pete does it in a much more, I don't know, he does it in a way that just connects really differently. So Amy Klobuchar was really going after him because according to her, he, she was essentially saying he doesn't deserve to be where he is, right? Which is a stupid argument because, um, there isn't anyone who deserves to be president. That's why everyone goes around for almost two years campaigning, making their case to the American people, so the American people can decide who they think is the best person for the job. It's not a, it's not like a Beto Rock <laughs> go on the cover of Vanity Fair and be like, I'm born to do this. Like, no one is entitled to the office of the presidency. So Amy Klobuchar needs to calm the fuck down. Because last night she seemed really upset that like Pete was doing well and she was just going at him about how, oh, he's experienced this. And like he was ready. That's like the best thing I love about him is that he never he's never the one who wants to go after anyone personally. But if you come at him, he's ready for you. And he proved that last night. Like it was really fucking brilliant. And 
Amy Klobuchar really needs to ask herself because I think she has really great debate performances, but it's kind of up to her to figure out why she's not doing better in the polls and why somehow she's not connecting with voters enough to be in the top tier. Like she really isn't. And that's not Pete's fault. That's between her and the voters and her messaging and whatever it is. Like it's not Pete's fault. So people need to leave him the fuck alone. And like, by the way, if anyone wants to scream at people for having fundraisers or for money or for experience, like if you want to talk about experience, you'd be going after Tom Steyer or Andrew Yang, who have zero government experience or military experience. Pete has been politically active in his life since he was an undergrad. So he was an undergrad at Harvard. And then he literally studied what politics, philosophy and economy, I think at Oxford, and then he's volunteered in campaigns, and then he served in the military, and then he's been mayor for eight years, and it's like, he literally has more experience than Tom Steyer and Andrew Yang, and I don't see anyone going after them about experience, so it just makes me feel like, when, when they say that about Pete, they're just trying to tear him down, that's it, and then if you're going to talk about money in politics, Tom Steyer is literally, isn't he like funding his whole campaign, <laughs> and like, what's his name? Michael Bloomberg is essentially buying his way up the polls with all of the ads. I don't even know if he's actually campaigning with real people or just TV ads at this point. So it's like the attacks are so disingenuous and it's ridiculous. And by the way, people having money is not a bad thing. I know Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren will have you believing that if you have money, you're evil. They both have money. That doesn't make them evil. I don't think Tom Steyer is evil. I think because obviously... He's not going to be the nominee. So if he donates to the nominee, does that mean he's evil? Because he's a billionaire who is a progressive, right? Same thing with Michael Bloomberg. Same thing with a lot of other wealthy people in all of America. There are a lot of wealthy people who are not the Koch brothers or the Mercers or the Murdochs, the folks, these people. Like there are a lot of wealthy people who are progressives. And it's not like... Pete is receiving like this giant super PAC money. He's literally receiving $2,800 from these people, which is the maximum allowed donation amount. So I don't know why they're going so crazy, except they're just trying to make sure that he fails and he won't. Because if anything, last night, Pete kind of, Pete kind of proved that, you know, He's been all about this, I want to run a positive campaign. It's more about the people, and it's not about Trump, and it's not about all of the bullshit. And he's been at that. But he also proved that if you come at him, he's ready for you, and he will take you down if he needs to. And I feel like I was very proud to watch that. And then I don't even remember what it is that Tom Steyer said. I think Tom Steyer kind of made a thing about how Pete is not as... Um, focused on climate change, which I don't really fucking understand because since Pete joined the race and even before, he's, I mean, he's been working and talking about climate change and why it's important to be tackled. And if anyone goes on his website, PeteForAmerica.com, you'd find his climate policy there. Um, Andrew Yang just made a little joke, I guess, excuse me, about um, how if people had disposable income or whatever, they wouldn't go to the wine cave to shake the money tree. 
I don't know what he was hoping to achieve with that, but hey, he had to take his shot, right? But that wasn't even a real shot. But the people who really went hard after Pete were Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar. And obviously, it came from a place of, he's doing well, he shouldn't be doing well, this is our turn. Like, it's not a fucking, like, it's a competition, but it's not a fucking entitlement. Like, not, nobody is entitled to the Oval Office. You work hard. You make your case to the American people, and then they decide. If you can't make your case, it's not anyone else's fault. It's yours. End of story. Unless, of course, it's 2016, where Hillary Clinton essentially won the election, but Bernie Sanders and his people fucked up, and Jill Stein's people fucked up, and Russia (laughs) fucked up, and everyone kind of, and James Comey fucked up, and everyone kind of literally fucked Hillary Clinton which was just awful. But in this primary process, like people need to focus on the real things that are affecting the American people. And honestly, Pete's whole argument has always been how people are no longer, a lot of Americans are really not looking to Washington anymore to do stuff and to get stuff done because they're literally not able to get stuff done. For the most part, it's because of the Republicans in Washington. But to the American people, they, it doesn't matter to them. They just want their lives to be better. They want things to be better for them. They want health care. They want education. They want infrastructure. They want jobs. So Pete's argument is, look, cities don't get to dwell on the squabbles and the infighting that goes on in Washington. So maybe we should get someone in there who isn't from Washington, who has experience of working outside of Washington and getting things done. And maybe things will change. And I am of the opinion that he's right and that he's the best person to go up against Donald Trump because I feel like Donald Trump wouldn't stand a chance against Pete in any way. I don't know what Donald Trump is going to throw at him. I know what he's going to throw at Joe Biden. I know what he's going to throw at Bernie Sanders. I know what he's going to throw at Elizabeth Warren. I mean, everyone knows. I don't know what he's going to throw at Pete Buttigieg because there isn't anything, there isn't any way that he can make Pete Buttigieg look worse than him. It's not possible or make him look bad. It's just not possible. I mean, every time he has talked about him, all he does is say, oh, Alfred E. Newman or say Buttigieg. And I really don't know what he's hoping to achieve with that, except helping his supporters learn how to pronounce Pete's name. But hey, whatever makes them happy. And also, can I talk about Bernie Sanders for a second and how every fucking argument, every fucking question he's asked, everything, no matter what the question is about, leads back to healthcare and billionaires and millionaires are bad. I don't get it. I don't understand how his supporters are okay with that because it's almost like he has nothing to say when he's not talking about healthcare or how bad billionaires and millionaires are. And so I don't quite understand how he's going to be a president. These are the only two things that he can talk about because that's ridiculous. I also think Joe Biden had a really good night last night. I think he had a really great like um, debate performance last night. I, I feel like the, 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 the fact that there were less than 10 people on the stage really gave a lot of people like time to really like talk about the ideas that I think he did a good job. I do think though, that on the question of reparations for African-Americans, he kind of dodged it and went to immigration or something. 
Pete didn't. He answered the question beautifully, which I thought was really, really great. Um, Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang. I'm surprised he's still in the race, honestly. But, I mean, the fact that Andrew Yang has, like, the fact that Andrew Yang and Pete Buttigieg are still in the race, and a lot of former, like, a lot of senators and Beto O'Rourke, who everyone just thought was the second coming, I don't know why, but, hey, the fact that Andrew Yang and Pete Buttigieg are still in the race says, uh, says more about all those people who are no longer in the race, except Kamala Harris. I'm still mad that she's not in the race. At the very least, I expected her to be there at least after, till after the, maybe after the first four states or something. But I guess that happened. I wouldn't wish that Julian Castro and Cory Booker would take her lead and just bow out gracefully because I really don't see how they're gonna, you know, um, make it. Like, they're not going to be the nominees, right? There's an, another debate in January, and so far, only Biden, Buttigieg, Warren, Sanders, Klobuchar, I think, and have um, have um, qualified for the debate. So I don't really know what Cory Booker's, Cory Booker and Julian Castro are planning to do. I mean, I, I heard Cory Booker isn't gonna, even going to be on the primary ballot in Vermont. I Honestly, I don't know what their plan is. But unless they have some Bloomberg-type money to keep funding themselves also for Tuesday, which they don't, I don't really know why they haven't bowed out of the race. Apparently, by the way, apparently Marion Williamson, Williamson is still running for president. <laughs> It's the funniest thing in the world because I can't believe that she's still running for president. It's like, I, I literally haven't thought about her since like the first debate, but apparently she's still running for president because she had an event or is having an event. I know something recently with um, Deepak Chopra, which makes sense because they're kind of in the same line of work. But the fact that she's still running for president is fucking hilarious. And I don't understand why. She's still running, but hey, whatever makes her happy, I guess. I'm I don't I don't care about that. But anyway, um Andrew Yang had a really good um performance last night too, I think. I do think that he just he's he's he should run for mayor or something because he's too like I don't know, unserious or comes off looking on the serious to be president. He jokes around a lot and he's sometimes funny, which is fine. But I feel like being president is more of a humbling, it's more of a Pete thing, you know, it's humbling, it's important, it's it's serious. And Andrew Yang just comes off like he's like a frat boy all the time. I mean, I feel like I don't know. I guess he'll go as far as he's going to go, and eventually he's going to not be in the race anymore. But honestly, I think he had a good um, debate performance last night, though. I mean, his universal basic income or whatever is still, like, his number one thing, which I guess is good for him, which is never going to happen because he literally can't come up with a way to pay for it. But, hey, good luck to him. But his answer and special needs... I don't, I mean, I don't know how I feel about people talking about people with disabilities as special needs, but 
I don't have enough experience or information about that to really go into it, so I won't talk about it. I do know that I saw a lot of people on Twitter not really happy that the question about disabilities went into a question, became, was being answered like special needs. So I guess that's it's a very sensitive, specific thing. But I do feel like he connected a lot when he was talking about his son who had autism and why it's important to treat people who have autism or other special needs as people because they are and they have just as much value as any other human, which I thought was great. Um, Yeah, I thought that was a good moment for him. The moment where he said um, he's both honored and disappointed to be the only person of color on stage, I thought that was a good sentiment. And I mean, that's something I actually want to talk about because here's my thought of this, right? There are like 25 or something people running for president for the, on the Democratic side. Eventually, I feel like eventually everyone knew that at some point the, it was going to get smaller and smaller, right? Like the first debate was two nights, so like 200,000 people. Every night, it was like a lot of people. People got like two seconds to talk and it was a whole thing. The second debate was a lot of people. The last debate, I think, and over time, the numbers have gradually reduced. Like, I don't know if people were under the illusion that this was debate camp and as long as you want to be on the stage, you will be there. It's not. You have to meet certain um, thresholds to be on there. So I don't really know why everyone is screaming that like, oh, oh, there are no people of color in the stage. To me, the person, the people that I'm most surprised are on the stage are Tom, Tom Sire and Andrew Yang. Obviously, Joe Biden was going to make it to the stage. Obviously, Bernie Sanders was going to make it to the stage. Obviously, Elizabeth Warren was going to make it to the stage. Obviously, Pete Buttigieg was going to make it to the stage because he's been doing well. And he's like leading the polls in Iowa and he's like second or something in New Hampshire. And based on like throughout like on every poll he's either third or fourth right he's like top tier Pamela Harris it still breaks my heart that she's not on the stage but the fact that she bowed out just gracefully is exceptional I think Kamala Harris is a fucking exceptional woman I think she's just brilliant and I think I think she's gonna have such a fucking bright future I mean the woman is a powerhouse and that's like nothing's gonna change Amy Klobuchar still making it to the debates. Uh, was a maybe, maybe not, but I guess she made it. I mean, I'm not surprised that Cory Booker or Julian Castro didn't make it to the debates, and I will tell you why. I don't think they've ever polled above four or five percent ever since, like, in like the whole like since one year or so of campaigning. I don't think that they have. And when people go after Pete Buttigieg for not having like support with African Americans, people of color. I'm like, when it comes to African-Americans, Joe Biden is the only one who has any kind of significant support. Nobody else does. Bernie is at, what, 15% or something? Warren is at 11%. Everyone else is, like, lower and lower. Even the candidates of color are lower. So I don't really know why people keep going after it. I say, no, everyone has, like, 100%, and then Pete just has zero. It's like... Unlike the rest of these other people, apart from Yang, he's pretty much unknown. Most people do not know him yet. There was an article on, I think, Slate.com yesterday that talked about that, how 
when it comes to like on the when it comes to percentage of people who don't who like the percentage of people who don't know about Pete, I think he has like the highest one where it's like 39% of people or so still don't know anything about him in like the African-American community. I'm not quite sure, but if you go on slate.com, there was an article about it yesterday about why he has a much bigger chance than pretty much anyone else. Like Elizabeth Warren has been in national politics for a long time. So the fact that she only has 11% of support with African-Americans says a lot about her. Like, I don't understand why no one is really pointing that out. Bernie Sanders is the same thing. He has a huge following with Latino voters, but he has 15% of African-American voters. And it's like, he's been in politics since, like, I guess when Jesus was alive. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. He's been in politics, like, forever. And he still doesn't have, like, a huge, like, African-American support. So people need to focus on that and, like, leave Pete the fuck alone. Most people are still just getting to know him. And the one thing, one of the many things he has going for him is that when people hear him, when people listen to him, when people have conversations with him, they like him. They like him because he makes sense. He's not talking out of his ass. He's not saying things he's not going to be able to do. He's not making promises that are absolutely impossible, like Bernie and Elizabeth Warren are. Like, he's literally, you can tell that he has thought about and really worked on and developed his ideas properly to a place where anyone, whether you're in Los Angeles or in San Francisco or in Wisconsin or in, not, in South Dakota or wherever, will think, this makes sense. I can back this up, right? That's the difference between him and these other people who are all the way to the left. Like, there was a thing, and I think was political, about how Bernie and his people know that they probably wouldn't get Medicare for all done, which just made me think, okay. Bernie's whole shtick since like maybe 2016 was when I really, really got on my radar. His whole shtick has been Medicare for all. If the one thing that he's most known for, if that's the one thing that he knows he's probably not going to be able to do, then what the fuck is he in this race for? Like what exactly is he there to achieve, right? If Medicare for all, most of the people who are Bernie supporters, are Bernie supporters because of Medicare for All. If he knows he's not going to be able to get it done, then why exactly are they supporting him? I, I don't understand that. It's almost like the people on the far left just want to hear themselves talk and feel like they're part of the conversation, but they don't really care if shit gets done. Hey, I mean, I wish them good luck, but truth is, if Bernie becomes the nominee, which he probably won't be, but if he does he's going to lose to Trump so incredibly. Because if there's one thing that I'm pretty sure of is that Americans don't want to live in a socialist country. Americans are afraid of socialism. And Bernie is a socialist. And while there are people on the left who agree with him, there are a lot more people in the world. Independents, moderate Democrats. Um, Independents who lean Democratic or Republican, independents who lean Republican, which whoever wins for the Republican side is going to need. There are a lot of people in America who do not want to live in a socialist country. Like, they just don't. They associate socialism with Latin America, where it's been a disaster. They think socialism means Cuba. (laughs) They don't want to live in a socialist country. So if Bernie Sanders goes up against Trump, He's going to lose. If Elizabeth Warren goes up against Trump, he has way too much to throw at her. 
way too much to throw at her that I don't even know how she's going to survive it. I don't know. And she flip-flops way too much. And I think that she's phony. So I don't trust her for shit. If Joe Biden goes up against Trump, honestly, I feel like he does have a chance of winning because people people like Joe Biden. People genuinely like him in all parts of America. A lot of people really, really like Joe Biden. And I think if he goes up against Trump, he will probably win. But it'll be really close, but he'll win. If Pete goes up against Trump, I think it's going to be the same thing. I think Pete can win against Trump because I think he will stand out so much and make Trump look so stupid at every fucking turn because it's really hard not to look stupid around Pete because he's so fucking smart. So I don't know how, like, Trump is gonna... I don't think Trump's gonna even know how to go at Pete, right? He can't go at him for not being a Christian. He's a proud Christian and he talks about it. He can't go at him for family values. He's married and he talks about it. He can't go at him for, like, not liking the military. He served in the military and Trump didn't. He can't go at him for being a socialist socialist because Pete isn't. Like, I don't really know what he's going to throw at Pete unless he goes homophobic, which I think will lose him more votes than he will gain. And I don't think he's even going to go there. I think he's going to avoid going there or at least just be, just be subtle about it. But I still don't think, like, I, even when people on the right talk about Pete, right, there isn't anything they can really throw about him. The ones on the wacky, wacky, like, way to the right and where they're, like, almost InfoWars Alex Jones think he's a communist, which I think is dumb. I mean, the far right thinks Pete is a communist. The far left thinks he's a corporatist and he's a centrist and he's been bought. Elizabeth Warren's people think he has fundraisers and that makes them so mad. I don't get it. So it's like he makes people get crazy. And I think that's like his magic. His magic is his brilliance. And if you talk to him, you fall under his spell. Because he's brilliant. Anyway, I'm going to end this here. I'm looking forward to seeing what the next poll numbers are. But I think that for right now, I think that the the race is pretty much locked in at this moment. Maybe it'll start to move again after the holidays. But hey, you never know. It's still very fluid. But so far, since the one year, since almost one year that this race started, it's pretty much been the same four people ish except Kamala Harris was in there for a while now she isn't anymore but it's pretty much been Biden Buttigieg Sanders and Warren I don't see how that's going to change but hey you never know with Bloomberg buying all the ads in the world you never know what's going to happen right anyway this is the end of my rant about the debate last night in my opinion Buttigieg had the fucking greatest night last night I think Joe Biden had a really good night. I think Klobuchar always has strong debate performances, but the fact that she kept seeming mean and petty, I don't know if that's going to play in her favor. Andrew Yang had a really good night, but he's not going to be the nominee. He should probably run for mayor when he drops out, when he drops out of this race. Tom Steyer is not going to be the nominee. I hope he drops out of the race soon and, you know, uses his considerable billions to support whoever the candidate is going to be. Bernie Sanders is not going to be president. Hmm, he's just not. Elizabeth Warren. I don't know how she's going to be president. I don't think that's going to happen either. 
But hey, you never know. Anyway, thanks for listening. Um, Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever else it is you celebrate. Have a great holiday period. (laughs) And yeah, talk to you on the next episode of my podcast. Bye, guys. critically thinking about shit subscribe download and share if you like what you heard today tune in next week for a brand new episode where i'll be talking about whatever is on my mind next week okay bye guys